Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> it's good to see you. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I haven't... Uh, I mean, again, this is probably, you know, too much, uh, you know, inside the actor's studio or whatever you say, but... Um, Behind the scenes magic. Yes. Inside baseball. Yeah, inside baseball. Um, but we... We haven't really recorded like a, an episode of Fright School together in a bit because we've been like, you know, living our lives. We've been living our lives. So. We've been uh, living out loud. Is yeah, that right? yeah. So I'm trying to think. Like, um, have I even ta- have I talked about like being on vacation at all? <laughs> no, we haven't recorded since I got back, and you were on a trip. I was on a trip. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. We've been at, we've been Life like, has happened. Yeah, life has happened. How are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm hanging I'm hanging in there, man. You're hanging in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess well we have new language cuz we have appropriately fine. Yes. From uh, dear Eric Brown, Eric yes. J Brown who we uh talked to last week, which was super fun. Yeah. Go back and listen to that episode. Yes, make sure you do and fall and read his book. It was uh it was so sweet. Um all that's left in the world. Are you telling me to read Yes, but I was also talking in in your ears, dear listener. You know, <laughs> encouraging you to read. Read, reading is uh, uh, fundamental. <laughs> I don't know what that. <laughs> reading, reading, fundamental. Yes. Um. Anyways, yeah. So we have appropriately fine, which I I love that. That's that's the new. Uh, that's the gig. Uh, you know, we're it's just the we're goop. Just make, it's yeah. the goop. It's the gaggery. Yes, we're just we're making it. You know, we're not. We're just you know doing the best we can. Uh, both of our lives have kind of kicked it back into gear. You know, fall term is starting, so I'm buried up to my ears in uh, work. Word. You're buried up to your ears in work. You know, yeah. helping the students. Yeah, figure their lives out. Figuring everything out. Really. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Really it's lovely weird. to be here. Look at us. We're doing this so uh, in the normal way again, in the old way, in the old way. The old Serving way. the old way. <laughs> giving two the microphones yes. in a room. Giving the old way, living the old way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not on the Zoom. Zoom, no, Zoom, Zoom. Not the new way, <laughs> but the old way. Yeah. So that's fun. It's. I love when we... <laughs> get that opportunity now because because you know during you know the lockdown situation and all mm-hmm. uh it was fun to kind of evolve the show and figure out how to do it when mm-hmm. we couldn't you know be in the same room so it's like now it's like we can do both and i i like that we have the option but it's always fun when you're in the room i know we've talked about this before on the show but yeah um it's always lovely when we can actually be together yes together i i think it was around this time last year where we were commenting about how we were doing more yeah. in the old way. In person again. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, folks, get your booster. It's out. Like, you know, go get that, go get that Bivax, you know, booster. Get you some, yeah. get you some, uh, <laughs> get you some uh, COVID uh, antibodies. Yeah. Okay. Where is the antibody? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Walking up to the vaccine site. And where is the antibody? The antibody is here. 
Oh my gosh. Antibody beautiful. <laughs> hey, wow. We, we the CDC should hire you and Salt and Peppa. That's Salt and Peppa, right? That's Salt and Peppa, yes. They need to hire the, the, all of you to work together on this new version. Uh, you know, antibodies, antibody beautiful. The antibody beautiful. Although it sounds weird. So we'd have to like make sure like people got what it meant. It would be not antibody, antibody beautiful. It would be antibody beautiful. Antibody beautiful uh you know health well-being grandiva grandiva yes grandiva <laughs> surgeon general yes. i love it cdc it's delightful anyways uh somewhere a straight person has no idea what we're talking yeah, about people are like what is and it's not for them even some of the queer people listening to this are like, what are these two on about? I, you know, why do I listen to this? Antibody beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, what, did, what, what did I say the other day that uh, Jeffrey got a big kick out of? Uh, it was like, she's not growing, you know? She's, she's, she's caught in a... She's, uh, she, her development is, uh, is caught, she's caught, her development is not expanding. She's a stunted queen. Oh, right. Stunted queen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Category is stunted queen. Yes, yes. But we, you weren't talking about me. We were talking about someone else. No, I wasn't talking, no, you are not, you are the opposite of a stunted <laughs> queen. Can you Try. imagine if that was the category? Category is stunted queen, first time in drag at a ball. Yeah, I like that. You know, dealing with her emotional maturity yeah. as it's changing. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so li I'm listening to my Halloween mix again. Yay. And I'm just like, oh God, Sean Keller, man. That <laughs> you. What is today? Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is this like free association, free association, fright school? Like, yes. you just over there. We're just bullet, going all sorts of places. Well, Whatever. we're going to let it go. If you let me finish my points, right. I was going to get, I was going to arrive uh -huh. at it. Uh huh. Um, so I'm listening to it's this it's the spooky season. You're, yes. you're you know, you have the glow of a budding supreme about you. Uh huh. And um, and I put on my I put on shuffle my spooky playlist, added a couple songs, and the first song that came on was uh, "You Won't See Me" from yeah. Killer Sounds of Halloween Part Two Three. Uh, I think it was Part Two. Part Two. I, can't remember. I, I think it was Part I, Two. I, yeah. Um, I have them by, all kind of mixed together, so. By the uh, fabulous Sean Keller. And, like, I found myself just, like, rocking out and just singing it in my car. Yeah. Like, living the full fantasy. Yay. Um, that, 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 I've, been, I've been saying that a lot at work. I've been saying to, uh, I've been saying to people, it's like, we need to give them the full fantasy. <laughs> you just serve the full fantasy. <laughs> and they're like, what is he talking about? It's Can like, we get, do we have a um, occupational therapist? <laughs> In the room, <laughs> call the ombuds. Call yeah, the ombuds. <laughs> yeah, Joe. We don't know what's happening with Joe. Uh, I love that. It's such a good song, and I mean, all of that. It's so great. It's a perfect like party music. Uh, it makes me so happy. Yeah, you know, yay. The Halloween drag, ta whatever it is. I keep forgetting because uh, drag Halloween drag extravaganza. <laughs> there we go. Uh, is coming. I'm super excited. October first. So Jackie Beat's gonna sue us now. Yeah, she will, because you know <laughs> she likes to keep her coin. Uh, that girl, I'm so I'm so happy for her that yeah. she, you know, because it's so funny that, it, I mean, it's like anything when you crawl 
so other, you know, or walk or whatever, so others can run, you know, you, you get, you know, it's just, it's kind of what happened, you know, her, Coco Peru, Varla Jean Merman, like, you know, um, not Lady Bunny to so much an extent. I think that their Lady Bunny is maybe not exactly a household name, but because she's popped up on Drag Race, like people, I think are pretty aware of her, and she she's she has her enough. Own. Yeah, she has like a, a, a career, and so do all these others. Not I'm not yeah. trying, you know. Obviously, Coco tours. They all tour. They all do shows. Jackie does yeah. shows. Jackie writes for all kinds of people. You know, she's friends with Elvira. You know, she's friends with you know all kinds of people. You always like I love that. Like it's like Jackie beats friends with all kinds of people. She's friends with Elvira because that's the most important relationship no um no but you know what i mean like you know, she she does a lot of you know cool yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. but even though a lot of the queens that are now very famous making tons of money you know getting those gigs you know getting all this mainstream attention you know they're basing their looks on you know the queens that came before them you know they learn their tricks of the trade from them mm-hmm. you know and i do think that they do a good job of mentioning them like you know trixie's very good about you know talking about jackie i watch Tri- trixie's uh, youtube videos and you know jackie pops up you know credited a lot you know like instagram you know jackie beat um you know so but sometimes i'm just like man you know they're really out of the conversation of mainstream drag and so it makes me so happy that jackie got hired you know to write this thing for hulu mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with all the drag race girls and she's in it. And it just, it just makes me really, really happy to see those kind of, that generation kind of coming together because as we've said before on the show, you know, the mainstream of drag has lost a lot of the history of drag, has lost some of the nuance of it, you know, has lost, you know, some of the stuff that's really important to drag. Uh, there's a, a lack of understanding, a lack of queer history there. Mm-hmm. So I love seeing that. So I'm really happy for her. I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, I'm sure we'll do a special extra bonus Fright School episode about it because, the, I mean, how how many times, how often on this show do we get a chance to be like, not only be like super queer ourselves, but have the content that we're talking about also be super queer. Like that's not yes. like, I mean, in that way, like can't be ridiculously queer, at least I'm hoping I haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping that that's true. I um, mean, with Jackie writing it, I can't imagine that it's going to be anything but a ton of fun and like silly, you know, and um, a well, good time. I mean, they uh, Hulu allowed Jinx and Dayla to be really, yeah, really body, really oh, queer. So. Absolutely, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Which is very smart for them. Like, let people if you're going to hire people to do something, let them do what they do really well, and don't worry because it will attract an audience, and it will it will find the people it's meant to find, and they'll show it to the people that you know um, need to see it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm super excited about the the Hulu uh, drag extravaganza. Halloween drag extravaganza. There we go. Uh, coins for everybody. Uh, yeah, I, it's going to be super fun. It's uh, going to be so much fun. What else are we super excited about that's coming out in the next uh, week or so? Well, we're just days away from Hocus Pocus 2, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, new Halloween, Halloween Ends, uh, the new Hellraiser. I mean, I'm just kind of giving you, listen, I'm just giving you a preview, dear, dear, dear listener, of everything you're going to hear us talk about <laughs> for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's all it's all coming out within a few weeks of each other and we're just going to be barreling through them. Uh I'm 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 very excited. This is a really good spooky season cuz again, it's going to be so good. I think we all can kind of say that the last couple years obviously with everything going on, it's not, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. But this is the first time since like 2019 that I feel like oh, 
we're going to have a really good Halloween season. Really? Yeah, it's going to feel really full and rich. Uh, you know, there's just a lot coming out all at once. Lots of cool stuff happening. Um, you know, I've got a ton of stuff planned already. You and I have some fun plans. Uh, things that, we'll, you know, you'll get to see soon. My, my lovelies. Lovely, lovely dear listeners. Uh, you know, it just feels, I don't know. I, I feel way more excited than I did the last couple of years. Well, that's, and that is the greatest gift of all. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I don't, I don't really know what's changed except that, you know, I mean, maybe it is that like, yeah, we're just not, we stopped taking COVID seriously at all. <laughs> <laughs> and monkeypox, we're just pretending doesn't exist, I guess. So well, I don't know, maybe it's just a fantasy land. So um, monkeypox cases are falling, yeah. you know, they're falling as of recording this, they're falling around the, around the country, still remain vigilant, of course. Yeah. Uh, but and get vaccinated. Um, yeah. Huge proponent of of doing that. If yeah. you are of it, and again, folks, you know the vaccine is a little bit more widely available. How they're distributing it right. is making it so that way Ooh, vaccine lasts her. She's a little a bit science more. Girl, she's I know. A science girl. <laughs> and where is the, the science? The science girl. <laughs> we found it. It's right here. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, yeah, so just, you know, again, like, get your vaccines. We've been saying this for years. I know. Um, hopefully. And and also to, like, realize, uh, I saw something where it's like, you know, the cases are falling. How How is that How is that possible? And I'm like, well, it's falling because, like, you know, queer people have mobilized each other. I don't know how many times I've, like, texted other friends letting them know, hey, it's available. Get, yeah. Call this number. Get That's the appointment. Like, we... We do take care of each other, and yeah. we, you know, we we do our best to take care of our communities. Well, we've sur- you know we've survived a a number of uh, these things now, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very cool uh, to see everybody kind of uh, you know trying to look out for each other. Uh, what else has been going on? Uh, Cancun was fun. So so hold on. So yeah. you went to a literal island of. Melissa Etheridge, right? <laughs> well, it wasn't technically an island, as everybody is is want uh, to say. It was a temporal island at best. Yes, it was a temporal island. Exactly. I like that. Uh, it was, you know, in a nice secluded, like, resort in uh, Playa Mujeres, you know? So they have Ila Mujeres, but that wasn't available, I guess, or isn't really, like, a resort that they could have done. So... Mm-hmm. They say in the future we will have a real island. I don't care. As long as it's a place that I can go. Because, you know, that's kind of the cool thing. So there was a lot of people there that it's like, you know, they're coming from... Like, we forget. Sometimes I really do have to sit back and be thankful that we live in a bubble. Because the world is still not a comfortable place for everybody even here in the states there are plenty of places where it's really scary to be queer and a lot of these fans that come from these small towns in some of these states struggle with their identities and struggle like there was quite a few trans people and and that were just like so emotional about being in a place where just about everybody there was queer a lot of women you know so there was a lot of like powerful just vibes about you know and that's what i love every time we go it's such a cool thing because it does really feel like a world within itself uh like just a little utopian society sure so i kept running in and like talking to people about that you know um 
yeah, so and that's all. It was just such a beautiful kind of experience to walk away because that now and you know following the groups because there's like Facebook groups and stuff for these various vacations and, um, you know, talking about like how much they miss it. Like, oh, I'm back to my like normal life where you know I'm not as expressive as maybe I would be you know, as I was on the island or was on the cruise sure. or whatever. It's like going back in the closet for some of them. For some people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and not always to that extreme, but just, yeah, feeling in a place where you don't have to, like, consider at all, really, the way you look or the way that you feel, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, was pretty, it's always pretty powerful. So, yeah, it was it was a great time, as always. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was weird trying to do, because since I was there the first week of grad school, I was doing, like, class work every day. So I, I'm still feeling like it, it, it went by really fast, because I was kind of, um, I was anxious a lot of the time to get, like, work done and sure. also enjoy myself. Uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was amazing. So I'm, I'm really glad I got to do it and I hope they do it again. I, Melissa said that it's going to probably be a couple years before they do another one because she's doing this off Broadway thing. And I think they're yeah. really hoping that it'll move to Broadway in some kind of space. Sure. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, um, Joseph, do you, when, is, when does the, the Broadway season technically begin? Um, around now, like, or, well, at the beginning of the year, sort of, like, some things premiere now, but most premieres will happen in, like, January. Um, okay. I, they, it really kind of, like, I mean, I don't know, I guess you would have to really consult, like, you know, the Tony Award voting calendar, right? Okay. So, like, from X day to X day, this is it's the show. The These right. are the shows that are being considered for yeah. this season. Um, there are a lot of premieres happen in the fall because they are trying to capture the out of town magic for, uh, for the holidays. Ah, cause people, you know, come in from out of town, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like it really depends. Like we were just, we were just talking like back to the future. The musical is going to open, uh, it's officially opening in January, but it's going to be in previews like for most of the fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. Yeah. The preview time, um, the preview time on Broadway is like a month, you know, it's not like a, you know, a couple days a week, um, when you're doing new work, uh, at a regional theater. Okay. Yeah. I was curious cause we were sort of talking about that cause you know, um, they had just made a comment like, yeah, it's probably gonna be at least two years. And I thought, oh, that's cause they're really hoping that this thing will go to Broadway or in some function will get extended i'd imagine so that you know she would kind of have to stay in new york and do performances because springsteen i know he did i know it was across a couple of years because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and all you know but he did like almost 300 shows yeah uh so i if she's trying to model it after him i think that that you know it makes sense that she's wanting to leave her so like an intimate open like an intimate night with like what he did, Western Stars, right? You're talking about his show? Yeah. Uh, no, just Springsteen on Broadway. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I think Western Star was the album that came after. Oh, so. is, okay, okay. That makes Sorry, sense. Sorry, I'm yeah. getting confused. No, so. no, 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 you're fine. Um, yeah, I, she's doing something bigger than that because we talked to um, like her people, you know, when we'd run, because everybody like just walks around, you know, sure. we know every, you know, we know all of them. It was so cute. She got a new bass player and he comes up to me, you know, we were talking about food. Um, they had set up like a buffet, um, by like the, the, the stage area every night. So people could, you know, pick up snacky things. And I was like looking and, and he walked up and he started talking about the food and I was like, Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, we talked to him he goes, Oh, you know, I'm Jay, by the way. I'm like, Oh, sweetie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know who you are. 
I was like, I was like, I just saw you in London. I saw you, you know, on all the stuff. Like, we know who you are. Welcome to the cult. <laughs> I hope that I hope that you're having fun. It looks like you're having a good time on stage, yeah. but it was just cute. You know, are you gonna like, go for the crab legs? Right, exactly. Basically, um, he got a burger off of the grill. Um, anyways, but but anyway, wow, so, cult. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, because we were talking about the burger. Um, but anyways, so like her lighting guy and sound guys are like walking around and stuff like that. So of course we, you know, would run into them and they know us too. They're like, oh, hey guys, you know, hey Joshua, hey Jeffrey, you know, they, you know, they know who we are. It's just, yeah, we're part of the cult. It's fine. Um, I don't care. I get, I, I, I release it to the world. It's fine. It brings me joy. Uh, <laughs> and so far, not too much dysfunction. But anyway, so I asked her because they're like, they built a set. There's going to be like all this stuff for it, you know? So it's not going to be like her on a stool playing her songs acoustically and talking about them. They've they've constructed a whole script and it's a whole thing. So we're super um, curious because as of right now, we're not going because it's, we're too busy because she picked dates in October during spooky season. And I'm like, girl. Why didn't you call and consult us? <laughs> but we can't go right now. So, um, well, it's going to change. So, like, when it does finally transfer to Broadway, it will be a completely different show. Now, yeah, we'll see. Now, I know that, like, you know, as a super fan cult member, you probably want to see every iteration of it. Well, that's why I told my friends who are going to go to some of the previews because they live in New Jersey and they're like, you know, they have a little bit more of an in, you know, than I do. So they're going to go to some of the the preview shows. And I said, I want to know all the details because then we can decide. Like, if it's if if they're like, you know this is all the things that happened. It was super cool or blah, blah, blah. And I, and Jeffrey and I are like, Oh yeah, that does sound cool. Then we may try to figure out like a red eye situation, you know, go over there, see the show, come back home. Like seriously, Mm -hmm. that in and out, because like we are so busy, um, during the run. Uh, but if they're, you know, if they describe it, I'm like, eh, whatever, pass, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, again, like I'm a big fan, but, there are things that she does that I'm not I'm not interested in, sure. you know, that I just don't like. You know, I'm like, nah, I'm not interested in that. You know, uh, for instance, you know, she came to San Diego and uh, raised money for a sheriff, and I said, no, <laughs> not going to that. <laughs> Have a good time, girl. <laughs> not doing that. So it's okay. Some things, it's fine. So yeah, if I feel like it might be like hokey or something, sure. I don't think it will be. Whatever. I'm sure it'll be amazing, and I'll be really mad if we miss it. But for now. We just can't make it work. Anyways, enough about that. It's okay. This is not the Melissa Etheridge podcast yet. Is it? Um, <laughs> what about, Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, what about you, Joe? You, uh, what have you been doing? What's going on? <laughs> I've just been... Didn't you do anything exciting while we didn't see each other? You know, um, yeah, I, was I went to Denver for the first time. That was fun. Yeah. I got to see Eve, uh, yeah. our dear friend, uh, Eve, Par- Eve Parker Boyd, I should say. Eve Boyd. Yeah. Now, because she is a married woman. Um, spend time with her uh, her and her husband. Were you officiating? Uh, no, or I Or were not. you like the matron of honor? Uh, no, uh, not for... Th- not for their wedding. They got married in December, like last December. This is Joshua's attempt at uh, at remembering any detail of my well, life. Well, I also just called you matron of honor. Yes, so. you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How the fu- the very fucking nerve of you. Like <laughs> Well, you went to like the Stanley Hotel. Yes, exactly. So yeah, we you did Stanley. cool shit. I was really jealous. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to the I, I told Eve we were having lunch right after we stepped off the plane. I have having lunch. And I was like, how far is Estes Park from here? And she immediately knew. She was like, oh, 
do you want to go to the Stanley Hotel? And I was like, yeah, just how far is it? It's like, oh, it's like an hour and a half. But I'd still be down. Like, let's go do it. And I'm like, you want to go to the, like, you want to go now? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. There's, I got nothing all day. So we went, um, we went like 2,000 more feet above oh, sea level <laughs> into Estes Park. And, and you know what? I was there. So I was there for a bachelorette party where I, uh, for a friend who I am the man of honor for her wedding. And um, uh-huh. we... Loose, uh, loosely using the loose, words. Loosely, <laughs> yes. Honor. You're talking about honor. Honor, right? exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, honor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, honor. Um, and... Uh, uh yeah so we went and it was fun it's like the estes park is basically the uh you know small country town mountain town but the stanley was really beautiful you went to south park Uh, what quiet mountain town isn't that in their song i don't know anyways i don't watch south park um so (laughs) i don't know her i don't know her i was like i don't know i I don't know this park who Uh, yeah, so they, it's lovely mountain town. It was a beautiful hotel. It was a really beautiful day. Um, little town. <laughs> it's a quiet Sorry. village. Go ahead, go ahead. You are derailing we everything are a mess I today. say. We are really messy today. Go, keep, go ahead. Yeah, you're just it's riffing. free association. <laughs> and how do you feel about that? No, go ahead. Sorry. Don't you therapize me, you know, <laughs> MFT. More like MF this foot up your ass. Right. Uh, you, you, every time you say MFT, I think you're singing non-fungible token. Like, you're oh, just like, NFT. I'm going, to, I'm going to NFT school. I'm going yes. to be a finance bro. I'm going to be a licensed non-fungible token. Yes, anyway, so exactly. you went to a quiet village <laughs> with a, a, a French library. Yes, with a French library. It was fun. It was nice. You know, I got my, mm-hmm. I got some Stanley, um, Stanley Hotel postcards. That's and, so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. I am very jealous. I would I would have liked to have gone to that. I think that's super cool. I'm I glad attempt- you got to do that. I attempted to go stand up paddleboarding, um, which ah! <laughs> yes, yes, it did. I that's like, the real horror. I tried trip. to get on the board, and I got like my belly on top, and I was like, okay, now the next part is either to kneel or stand, and I was like, I think I'm gonna have a panic attack. Also, it was You're in, like, like drown. This, I'm gonna drown. I'm gonna drown. Um, I was also wearing a life vest, but I still was convinced <laughs> I was gonna drown. And then there was a there was a point where like I it's in a reservoir so like the bottom is rocky so these like you know sharp rocks and pebbles and at a certain point you can't like feel the bottom because it's you know deep in the center and I'm trying real hard <laughs> keeping it together <laughs> keep on going <laughs> it's like hard in the center I need uh-huh. to start putting subtitles underneath <laughs> myself so you can pay attention no I'm paying uh, attention but just. <laughs> Rocky bottom, huh? Yes, a rocky Go bottom ahead. at a rocky bottom oyster. No. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You run into them at the bathhouse. And, ew. <laughs> rocky bottoms? <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. Um, and... <laughs> so, what? keep going. I'm, pay- Sorry, I'm I listening. Look, I just looked at you. You really look like you're not trying... You're trying hard. Not to say something. Yeah. Um... The point is that, like my, like I'm from an island where, like, if you can't feel the the shore, you can't feel the bottom. You're in the deep ocean, so right. like it would not, like my islandness would not let me go farther out, even though I know how to like swim, and I was wearing a <laughs> fucking life preserver, so 
I just stayed at the shore. And so I, not fun or fun. It was fun because like before that, I was like sitting and like reading on the shore and uh, reading articles on my phone, not uh-huh. a book, um, on the on the shore and just like enjoying being out in nature. And that was fun. And getting wet was fun, but like the actual act of like the paddleboarding was not going to happen. I think if I had done, have I if I had rented a single kayak, I would have been fine. Yeah. But no, not that. I feel like I want to, but do I care? Because I don't really, under, I don't really know what paddleboarding is. But uh, do we have time to explain all that? Paddleboarding? Yeah, I don't even really. When you say that, I don't really know what you mean. Imagine standing on top of what a did surfboard. you put your? You said you put your belly on something. Yeah, because it's like I'm trying to get on top of the board, like a surfboard. Oh, okay. imagine a paddleboard so like surfing. Well, imagine it's a board, uh-huh. and then you stand on top of it, and you have like a paddle that you use to like row yourself, but you're standing on top of it or you're kneeling down if, wow. you're, if you're not balanced. Yeah. I don't think that's something that I want to do. I would definitely drown right away. I enjoy swimming, yeah. but I want, I, I want to be in like the very defined parameters of a swimming pool. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. Yes. Like in Mexico or whatever. Yeah. I would love to put one in the backyard, but pff, yeah. Fucking, you know, well, don't your people like melt when they get wet? Exactly. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. That is a good point. Damn. That's why I fill it with like um, sulfur or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sulfur pool. Yeah. Uh, Rocky oh, bottom. God, I bet that would smell terrible. Um, yeah. All right. You know, enough of this nonsense. We are, it's, we're, you know, we're just trying to keep it together, folks. We haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't gazed upon your visage. Right. For Not like truly. a month. This yeah. is true. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, you sound like you're not thrilled that we're going to actually have to work in a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just trying to take, I'm taking a moment to sit in the silence of the in utter insanity that just transpired before. How many this times do I have to tell you sitting in silence on a podcast is like. <laughs> Is does not it's work. It's not healing. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, we've talked for half an hour about nothing. So we'll be right back to try to keep on track and discuss uh, the black phone. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris to Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. All right, welcome back. So this week we are discussing uh, the Black Phone, uh, which I have been very excited about uh, discussing. Uh, This is directed by Scott Derrickson, written from a screenplay by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill. Uh, from, this is why I was excited about it, a, uh, a short story by Joe Hill called The Black Phone that's in 20th Century Ghosts. Although I think they re-released the book as The Black Phone, as a, as a mm. tie-in. So if you're looking for it, it's like 19 pages long. It's a really quick story that they managed to expand into this, uh, into this film. 
Uh, I actually saw it for the first time while we were in London this past June. We had been walking uh, 50,000 miles a day. <laughs> I was tired. And I was like, I need to rest for a while. Can we go see a movie? I need to sit. I need to sit in some air conditioning. Because again, that, that's not real popular in all over you know, the world, apparently. No, it's not. <laughs> so They're not equipped for climate change. Yeah, there we go. Uh, luckily, the uh, hotel we were in did have AC, but a lot of the places we went did not. So I was, like, constantly hot, and we're walking everywhere. So, plus being on the tube sometimes, just very suffocatingly hot. So, I was like, we have walked, like, 15,000 steps. Say, this is the day we went to um, Piccadilly. <laughs> Piccadilly Circus to take pictures where uh, American Werewolf in London, like that part of the movie was filmed with Kay from... Yes. Yeah, that we yes. met when we... Maya. Did, yes, the director, writer-director of Maya, uh, which won, you know, the best picture or whatever it was at Renegade Film Festival uh, that, you know, we went to back in March. So it was really fun to see her. And after, you know, she, she we departed ways with her because she had to go uh, do family things. I was like... Jeffrey, I'm super tired, and there's a theater over there. Let's go see a movie. And the black film was still playing, so we watched that. It was really fun. So there we go. Joe, you watched it for the first time last evening. What did you think? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'd watch it again. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Look at that. I'd watch it again. We're really winning this year, I feel. Yeah, like are for, we? for movies that you because I feel like more so than any other year, you've like said quite a few that like you would watch again. Yeah, but is that a function of the fact that I'm watching just more horror in general, so my taste is more defined? Maybe. But you said you'd watch Death Proof again. I'd watch Death Proof again. You said I'd you'd watch, watch this again. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what else, but I feel like there's been a lot more. Yeah. We do need to start keeping count, though. Like, yeah. I think next season, quote unquote, we'll, yeah. we'll have to start keeping count. Yeah. We need to, like, oh, man, we should find somebody that could go back and, like, listen to all of our episodes and just tell us the things that we say. <laughs> yes. We're still hiring. We're still looking for that intern. Right. Let's yes. bring back uh, yes, yes. season one. Uh, Justine, uh, by the time she listens to this, it'll probably be a year, a few years, but Justine, our dear friend in Italy, ciao bella, she is, uh, she's going back. She's listening to Fright School from the beginning. Oh, wow. And um, I actually listened to our uh, Amityville horror uh, episode again. And wow. it's it still holds up. We're, we're doing well. I'm giving, right. I'm giving you flowers right now, Joshua. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to know it holds up. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, what about this, you know, why? I think that... Um, uh, it's Joe Hill, right? But you know, even he he's in the he, he's in the Stephen King multiverse, <laughs> sort of, right? By extension of being, you know, his son. Yeah, and they do have some crossover. They mention um, fictional worlds within each other that reference each other's worlds and and works. Uh, this obviously, the original short story, the Grabber is a part time clown. So there's kind of that it. Sure. Reference, although I think it's more of a reference to John Wayne Gacy than necessarily it. But the film adaptation, there's a, a few things in there. You know, you mentioned specifically about the the sister wearing her rain slicker. Yeah, and, bright yellow raincoat. Yeah. And I'm just like, what if like she falls and then like Pennywise just grabs her right now? <laughs> You're just waiting. Um, Pennywise is the grabber. Um, no, it was also like I love the def I love the 
the definition of the world that we're in and the time yeah. frame that every every flashback uh every um every trick of the camera every effect was like uh, uh, the appropriate language for the time period. So yeah. it felt like old pictures. It felt like a seventies, a eighties movie um, colored in that same way. Like it was very of that time. I love that. Like you're getting kids that are kids. I think in the age of stranger things, right. We're, we're starting to appreciate that. Um, maybe we should hire kids who are the age that we're writing for. Right. And just trust that, you know, there's uh, that and trust the process and, and, and them. So I, I loved that. I love the, uh, the performances that we were getting. Yeah. I also just love that it was this like, again, spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, it's been out for a while, but um, I love the twist on the ghost story. Like I love right. a twist on like a ghost story. I thought that the supernatural stuff was handled with like, with care and it wasn't like so over the top or campy. Like it was just kind of, it felt unforced and very natural, which I thought was really cool. And why I was able to just watch it and be like accepting immediately of the world that we're in. Cause I kept, I kept for whatever reason I was thinking as I'm watching it, I'm thinking about Dr. Sleep. Oh yeah. 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 And like, you know, Dr. Sleep is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different kind of story. It's uh, because of the scale of the, of the film right. and the scale of what's be, what's happening. Like it makes sense that it's like very big, yeah. but I liked this one because of how small it was and how simple uh, it was in, in many respects. And it was also just like very brutal and very violent. And I was telling Joshua, like, this is the, this feels like the summer that like, you know, we're uh, with, with the current season, the most recent season of Stranger Things, it was like the summer where we brutalized children on camera. Right. Uh, which like is also, is very jarring because like, I remember when, you know, uh, Pennywise takes a huge bite out of Georgie's arm. It's just like, you never see that kind of violence, like, portrayed against children on film and so to see it is very is very uh unnerving but i I thought it all worked in this film and also ethan hawk ethan hawk is um is very good in this yeah i i agree i i agree with all your points i i really enjoyed it i left the theater thinking like i can't wait to see that again um i thought they expanded on joe's story very nicely uh, you know, we're we're talking about this kind of soon after it came out, so I, I feel like it's going to bubble out there in the culture for a while and, you know, gain some meaning, and when we get some distance from it, we can, you know, kind of re-examine it. But I will say that uh, there seems to be, at least when it came out, among some of our friends that we know in entertainment uh, and in, you know, cultural critique cultural criticism people that you know do you know what we do um in their way uh there was kind of some warring like not warring but you know is the film homophobic is ethan hawk's portrayal homophobic is it not so you know there was a couple different articles that came out um one written by um uh, B.J. Colangelo, who mm-hmm. you know we we know from various uh, things, various internet things and podcasts, uh, which she uh, she wrote the grabber, gay face, and the danger of conflating the two uh, in the black phone, which I think largely her her discussion was sort of about um, 
you know, people kind of immediately associating the grabber and Ethan Hawke's portrayal with like um, queerness and uh, that he's clearly like a gay pedophile child killer uh, might not be helping the discourse around those things. And maybe people shouldn't um, read him that way or contextualize. And then on the reverse people that were like, no, like totally, he's kind of reading that way. Queer people, especially reading him this way and saying like, no, we definitely feel he's queer character and not really exactly having a problem with that. Um, other people challenging like uh, some of the interpreted like homophobic uh, stuff in the film, like with the sister calls, you know, one of the guys a cocksucker, which is, uh, you know, when you grow up queer, like that's a very like yeah. homophobic slur and she's yeah. supposed to be the hero. Uh, you know, so it's like, we can like the film and talk about it, but also ask for more mindfulness around, you know, these sorts of things. Sure. Personally, when I left the film, I definitely felt he read kind of queer, but I was thinking very much like John Wayne Gacy, like not pedophilia, but um, there's a diff- there's another word for kid for attraction that is, uh, I think it's like hebophile. He- he- is that what the word is? Um, hold on, let me check. Um, yeah, hebophilia, H-E-B-E-F-H, or no, P-H-I-L-I-A. I totally know letters and words. Um which is a, I think it's. Should I get early your DSM? adolescence? So ages like eleven mm-hmm. to fourteen. So not necessarily ch- a child. Yeah. Um. You know, because he's obviously like you know kidnapping and torturing and murdering you know young um, males around that age, uh, but they're not necessarily you know toddlers or like you know, kind of what we think of children. So teenagers versus, you know, a child, um, regardless. So it's to me, he was just kind of reading John Wayne Gacy. This whole thing feels like definitely a metaphor for like, that's really that time in the seventies as we, as we kind of switched over into like the stranger danger concept and you know, you have the Atlanta child murders going on. You have, you know, John Wayne Gacy's whole thing, you know, Dahmer's starting to really rev up. This is when he's like, um, you know, moving into the eighties and starting like his like whole thing. Um, you know, all these other, you know, serial killers that were operating in that time that were part of the cultural consciousness and zeitgeist. Um, you know, so for me, I didn't leave feeling necessarily. I didn't even really think about the the sisters like cocksucker thing. I th- again, there's part of it that's sort of just normalized. You know, we're used to seeing kind of confusion around. Like we talked about it with the Silence of the Lambs and um, mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill, and like the transness of Buffalo Bill, sure. and whether or not we can read Buffalo Bill as like a conversation about like monstrosity of transness when. If we trust Lecter, he's not actually a trans person. He's a confused person who hates himself. And turning himself into a woman is just to get away, the farthest away from who he is. So do we trust that interpretation? Or for queer people who felt harmed by it, can we also talk about the impact that that has? So for queer people who watch this that do feel harmed by it or do feel like, oh, that was fucked up and, you know, maybe we shouldn't make films about, you know queer serial killers in this way. Um, I, you know, sure. I, I think that, you know, a lot of things can be true. So in reading the articles, I'm like, wow, there was a lot of feelings in the aftermath of this movie. A lot of it saying like they enjoyed the film. It's just 
wow, there's a lot kind of going on here. And also discussions of like who actually, you know, commits acts of pedophilia, you know, often being, you know, heterosexual men. Sure, yeah. Uh, and not queer people. So in this time that we're living in, I guess it, we, I guess we can kind of contextualize it. We've got all of this like queer fear happening again. Like anti-transness is really rearing its mm-hmm, head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Roe v. Wade has led a lot of queer people to kind of panic about the other, status of our rights, other rights, and, yes, and, the, and, and, and other mm-hmm. rights. Um, so for the film to come out, I kind of get the conversation around it. Uh, I'm curious, did you pick up on any of that for yourself? Was there anything about like watching it that you were kind of like, Oof. you know, did you feel your queerness under attack? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what to say. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I, not for me, uh, not in me and my experience. Um, I hear what they're saying about like the use of the word cocksucker. But again, like I also feel that in the context of the world, like in the context of the world that we're in and the like the kind of how should we say like the sister's character being one that's this like very very tough very um is is willing to withstand a certain level of cruelty and perpetrate a certain level of cruelty yeah um the i don't think it's beyond uh i don't think it's beyond the pale to assume that she would just use that in the way that she thinks that she yeah. knows how to use it. Well, she calls the cops fuckers or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, she uses all these, like, yeah, she's very caustic. Yeah, and so I don't think in that... language. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I think that that's perfectly plausible. I understand what people are saying and why they feel harmed by that, because it's like, you know, as... It's another way that, you know, I don't, I don't even know the last time I ever heard the word cocksucker used as, as a pejorative um, in media, especially from a little kid. But you know, I and I understand like what people are saying about like there's definitely a queerness right because there's a queerness in the violence because the violence is like it, the power dynamic is also very interesting of him being this older man who is playing games and like you know playing games and then per- perpetrating a very specific kind of violence on these right. on these young boys. Yeah, yeah. And there's then, the remark about not doing anything to you you won't like. That's really I, I feel like it's really hard to ignore that line yeah but go ahead no no absolutely that and then like when he starts to play when he when he leaves the the door unlocked for the first time and the phone rings and finney answers and they say don't go upstairs because if you go upstairs he's testing you like it's all a test and then you cut to um you cut to the grabber sitting in the kitchen shirtless wearing the mask and holding the belt like ready to um, waiting essentially for that release, right? That release that like, oh, you are, um, it's part of the ritual. Like that's something that, you know, I, not being a specialist of abnormal psychology, but, you know, have watched a lot of, <laughs> have watched a lot of uh, um, uh, FBI procedurals about profiling, know that like, you know, there's there's certain ritual that needs to happen. And right. if it's not accomplished in a very particular way, then the release is not there and it's not satisfying. So seeing that, it's like, okay, well, there is some, there's a release that happens. And I think that is also like reads very queer with the character. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke and the changing of the voice for the different, you know the changing of the voice for the different uh, different intention. The mask use was really yeah. cool. Coming in with very, the neutral face, the happy face, the sad face, and then like removing it entirely and becoming 
a little bit more himself. And then that weird moment at the end when he removes the eye part of the mask and he like freaks, freaks out, out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like, you know, again, the mask is not him. There's a, there's a certain level of distance that happens, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel any sort of like wider commentary. I thought there was, when you were saying, I, cause you had mentioned that there was some controversy around the homo, like perceived homophobia perceived. And again, perception is reality. So perceived to one person is real for another. Right. Right. And so intent, it, impact, you know, all those sorts of things. Exactly. And so I thought it was more a situation of like the kind of potential, um, in the beginning with, uh, Bruce, uh, with Bruce Yamada saying like, your arm is mint giving him this compliment. I thought we were getting like a queer character mm. attraction between the two boys. Um, and I, and that's where I thought we were going with it. And that was going to be explored uh, a little bit, but it never, it doesn't no, come to fruition. Yeah. It's he's not, just, yeah. Just commenting on his yeah. sportsness, whatever it, that is. Exactly. <laughs> his, his uh, it, it, uh, it is important and it's highlighted because it comes into play right. at the very yeah. end. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I understand why other people would say it. I am, I don't. I don't particularly see that for myself and it didn't take away my enjoyment. Yeah. Um, not to say that it, it, not to say that it's not, you know, that's, that's also my perception of it. It's, no. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I didn't come away from it. I mean, we spent a lot of time looking at things and talking about things that are harmful, you know, to queer people. And, you know, so it's not, it's not as if we're not leader looking for these sorts of things. I just kind of, I don't know, maybe like, I, if it was more explicit, because we're not really given a lot, like there are things said that could help if they pushed it a little farther, they could clarify like his intentions and, um, you know, and, you know, the man he's living with is his brother. It's not like a partner or something like that. Or like, a you know, um, uh, the Candyman, David uh, Coral or whatever that guy's name was, who kind of, he was like queer and had like partners that helped, you know, commit murders. Um, you know, it's not like a situation like that. So, we're, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that's kind of, you definitely can read that and, and allude to that and, 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 and see that, but because it's not ex extremely explicit, it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I don't know. I'm also of the of the feeling I kind of want to see I'd like to be able and again, this is a function of culture. So because we've long been, you know, villainized in horror and, you know, our sexuality has been pathologized that I I understand why people are like, "Oh my gosh, like this is this is not helping, you know, because we're not. But I'm also of the thing, like, you know, one of my favorite, you know, shows we've been watching over the last few years is Animal Kingdom, which is a very complicated, criminal, violent, queer man as part of the story. And I'm like, wow, you never really see those kinds of characters on television, you know, because he's like super mask in a lot of ways, but he's also like emotional and like, you know, especially with his partner, like, you know, he cries and he's like, you know, he wants him to, you know, be protected and be well because his criminal life, you know, puts him in danger, you know, puts the people he cares about in danger. Um, you know, so I've just like, wow, I love this. I love the way this complicated, you know, he doesn't, there's not like a, um, it's kind of like the, like, not exactly, but, I feel like there's a push to kind of create like model, like heteronormative queer characters. Like once, sure. once we have tons of those, then maybe we can be evil on purpose rather than villainized, like, you know, it, 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 subtextually. Sure. 
Uh, but I love that. And so in watching this, I was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I don't really care that he's queer. Like, I'm fine. Like, if, you know, this is his, like, modus operandi, and that's what the film is about. Like, I can go with that. I'm not necessarily worried that this film is going to cause people to go out and harm gay people. Because that's, that's my concern. You know, when people are like, you know, in mental health, you know, oh, psycho, multiple personality disorder, dissociative identity disorder. These people are murderers. And like we did, sure. there were responses that harmed people and still harms people with certain diagnoses. Sure. Yeah. Because we believe what we've seen in horror films. There are things that have happened, you know, where queer people have been, you know, villainized and that has echoed into culture, into real, um, you know, harm and and physical violence sure. obviously you know we can go we could really talk about race and how that definitely you know film has had you know a major role in creating ho more hostility but i just didn't feel like maybe this film will do that i could be totally wrong again the san diego bubble thing there are part maybe there are some you know evangelical people or conservative people that will see this and go ah they're all fucking pedophiles, you know, and they're all murderers, you know, or they're all trying to take our children. But I didn't really think about that in the time that I was leaving. Uh, no, and I, I mean, like, the, you know, leaving the theater. Uh, and also, like, let's, like, you're not, I mean, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, but, like, the one of the reasons I think a person would not think about that is because, like, the kid is speaking to disembodied voices on a phone. <laughs> That goes nowhere. Like we're focusing on the wrong thing, folk. Like you need to the the, the phone is dead kids. <laughs> we're focusing on the wrong I, I think like in that moment it's like it's like I don't care about the villain in the same way. I care about like the kid Finny and surviving. Like and it's also just like that layer of it, right? That layer of like, oh, it's like a kid who is talking to the dead and the dead are coaching him through this horrible trauma. Right. And which is something that like so I was reflecting on this. So you you know, we've done the show long enough that you know that I hate like I hate when we don't know what is real and what is not. Like I hate right. like any sort of fever dream that like takes place outside of um outside of like the diegetic plane of reality, but it's like happening elsewhere and we're just supposed to agree that it's also everything's happening all at once right with this it's like i accepted it immediately i accepted that yes he's actually talking to these kids for whatever reason and i wanted to bring this point up and i want you know i we brought it i brought up a little bit when after the night we watched it but talking about the um the shine <laughs> As it were, that the right that, that the, was another Stephen King kind of connection you made was talking it in yeah. terms of the shine. Yeah, the it's shine. like oh, the girl has the shine. Like she's got some sort of power. You know, her dreams come true. She sees things, and it was very clear that the uh, it was a very clear choice by the actor who played the dad that like you know the mother also was you know the mother killed herself um, because she had similar. Like she had, she could see and hear things that were not there. And he kept saying it in right. such a very specific way. It's like he could, she could hear and see things that weren't there. And I don't want that life for you. And like try to beat it out of his kids. And, you know, that sent him into his, you know, whatever spiral. Yeah. And so, you know, she is there. Um, uh, the Gwenny, right? Gwendolyn. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gwen, she's uh, the sister. Gwenny. She, um, 
she can see it in her dreams and she's like you know playing to praying to jesus so that we she can get dreams and stuff like that and <laughs> jesus what the fuck i know oh god just like jesus what the fuck is uh my so like, i just need a gif of that that i can just send to people yeah. every now all the time and she's accepted that like you know, her mother, she loved her mother so much that she accepted her reality. Whereas Finney, like knowing all of this, right. You know, re is rejecting like, like his father wanted just like to reject that there was anything wrong with her. And when he starts to hear the voice, the boys on the phone, I'm like, Oh, he can hear the boys on the phone. He, she sees Gwenny sees and he Finney hears. Right. So it's like they both got aspects of the mother's gift. Yeah. And I put that together for me, and I immediately accepted the reality of the world, that the black phone is truly from the other side. And what's even more interesting is the fact that, like, the grabber can hear the phone as well. Right. Like, he has a similar gift uh, Mm. in the same way. Or it's like... Um, it's a similar gift or it's a shared psychosis of something. And I really thought, I, for whatever reason, I thought there was going to be a giant twist at the end. And so I was like bracing for what the twist is. And the whole time we're watching it, I'm like trying to do the, you know, it's that like a beautiful mind like oh. <laughs> m- meme where it's like, what the hell is the twist going to be? Because like, it, I think that it easily could have been that like Finney turns into the grabber uh. because of the gift that they share. Mm. And this is the only way that like, you know, he can, you know, for whatever reason, I thought there was something going to be like that, but it wasn't. And it was just the fact that like, you know, um, he had all the tools all along, like everything needed to happen the way that it happened in order for it to, in order for him to put the pieces together. And yeah. 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 I did like that in the end. It what he, the things he was doing were not to like dig himself out of the basement or to escape the basement. It was to create the conditions with, in which to defeat the grabber and escape. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that twist. I remember watching that because I didn't see that coming because, you know, he was like digging for things and doing different, you know, all the stuff. And then it's like, oh, damn, the freezer's locked so he can't get out. But it's because they knew he'd need the meat and they needed to thaw, you know, need to be ready, you know, to give to the dog and the whole thing. I mean, it was just, it was really neat how it all came together. So I was like, is this a, is this a, like a live, laugh, love metaphor for life where, (laughs) you know, the more that you, you more that you are, the things that you, are doing to get your extricate yourself from a terrible situation. Maybe if you look at it holistically, they're actually all the things that you need just in different ways. Maybe, uh, you know, that's a big, uh, theory within mental health, especially, uh, is that, you know, I am not fixing a problem for you. I'm here to help you find the solution within yourself. We all in, 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 in our worst moments, we have more strength than we know. We have more resiliencies than we know. We just have to like unblock to like use them, you know, for, for our own good. I, you know, therapists don't fix things. The client is the problem solver. I mean, this is one type of therapy. Obviously there are lots of different people Mm -hmm. who feel different ways, but particularly in my program, there's a a very big um, focus on that, on, you are the source of your problems and you are the source of your solutions, you know, in the sense of like how we interact with them and how we use sure. our different, the tools that we have. Uh, but a lot of times we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our own mm-hmm. tools. So this is that kind of thing where, yeah, I, I can kind of, I can kind of see that. It's also, you know, the disembodied voices just 
are trying to help him after all the things that they've learned. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's also the, way, the thing. Yeah. Those that came before us have given us things, have given yeah. us tools that we just need to use. Are you getting extra credit for this? <laughs> Look at I you. I should. Look at you. Um, MFTing us. <sighs> whatever. Um, it's only going to get worse. I actually need to talk, you know, I need to find Matt Kelly and be like, um, yeah, can I start like, you know, three more podcasts about mental health and grief and all kinds of other things. I'm gonna We're going to get a text. Right. We're going to get a text. <laughs> He's already he uh, Matt before you text Joshua like put together the put together the pitch and and we're going to get a text. No, you, you know, know the real the, the problem is is that Anderson Cooper already beat me to it. Did you see he's releasing a podcast all about grief and and all this stuff. I'm like god damn it. Well, I mean, Anderson yeah, Cooper I mean, is scooping me. His scooped by the coop. Scooped <laughs> scooped by the coop as always. Um <laughs> Jeez. Anyways, all right. So I will link both of those articles so that people can, you know, decide for themselves or not at all. Just enjoy the movie. Is like, you know, uh, 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 it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yes, there were things about it that I was like, ah, I don't know about this or that. I'm, you know, confused by this or that. I do think there's some mixed messaging in it. But again, that's in lots of horror. Yeah. You know, that's horror is, you know, if if nothing else, she's known for being confusing at times. You know, she do she do be known. Yes, uh, but I enjoyed the movie. I'm really glad that you did. It was really fun to watch it with you. I wish we had seen it in the theater together because I was in. Uh, you know, yeah. I was in a room like we went, and there were other people, and so it was fun reacting. You know, we miss that. We love that. Speaking of reacting, like you were, uh, y'all. Joshua was really surprised that I did not jump at the jump scare. No, I was, I was like waiting for it. And part of me was like, is he looking at his phone? But you weren't, you were looking, but you just know. But now. There were part there. Some of that did happen, but like for the other parts where I'm like, no, I just know. Yeah. I know we've ruined you. So I need to get a new Joe. <sighs> Next week on Fright School. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fright School Idol. We'll be looking for, you know, somebody. Are you terrified of horror films and don't want... Well, if you're listening to this, obviously not, but we'll figure that out. I need a, I need a, uh, I need a Simon Cowell and a Paula Abdul. So you think that you're Randy Jackson? <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm Paula, aren't I? I should have said, yeah. I thought you would be Simon. Oh. Well, I guess in the early days of Fright School when I was drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I was never drunk on Fright School, but I did drink quite a bit. You did. You were drunk. You weren't drunk at the beginning. Right. You may have been drunk at drunk the end. by the time we ended. Um, no, that's uh, terrible. That, that Kraken glass had seen some rum. I know. It's delicious. All right. Enough of this. Joe, thank you as always. Dear listeners, thank you. Make sure you check out our Patreon. We got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, I... I'm watching some movies for the first time that that are going to really, I think, shock people. If you if you were friends and you're following me on Facebook, you've already had face crack of the year. Uh, well, at what I just posted earlier today, everybody's like very upset with me. Um, but you know, you can hear it on Patreon. You can hear all about yeah. it uh, coming up very soon. And uh, what else? Plug, plug, plug. Patreon, pay us, give yeah. us some money. <laughs> That's all. We we work. We're working harder to get to to service this Patreon. Okay. Yes. Yes. We want you to. Uh, we're turning more tricks. That's true. Um, all right. Well, uh, Joe. Good night. Good night.
Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Listening to the Geekscape Network.